0: Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross.
1: And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast. Episode 33 as we get into June. Uh, As as incredible as that seems, considering how long we've all been uh, sort of on a shutdown and things seem to be getting... Uh, at least, uh, incrementally opening up here, but, uh, I am your host, Andrew Gross on Twitter at 8GrossNewsDay, joined again this week by my good friend, uh, our Rangers correspondent, my longtime friend, as I mentioned, Colin Stevenson, Colin S. Newsday, and, uh, got a bunch of stuff to go over today, both on the ice and, uh, in the world that we see, uh, going on around us, uh. But first, let me say hi to Colin, buddy. How you doing today?
0: Hey, Andrew, man, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hanging in there. It's been a, you know, just a weird, just a weird, weird time. Difficult day, right? You know, you, yeah. You, you, you do what we do for a living, and and you know, we take it seriously, of course. But you know, there's there's a much bigger world around us. So yeah, you know, you got to react, you got to respond, and you got to understand the world that you live in. And it's uh, it's been a difficult day.
1: Yeah, no, so today we spent uh, our days writing about civil unrest and uh, racial inequality, and, uh, you know, uh, I, I did an overall story kind of just trying to put together everything, you know, all the reaction all across all different sports. And, Colin, you had the uh, reaction from uh, Rangers pro- prospect Andre Miller and uh, I, I want to get into all of that. Um, you know, I, I, the Islanders, Captain Anders Lee, you know, who I've been trying to get in touch with, uh, released a statement uh, on Twitter. Basically, it ends with Black Lives Matter. And, uh, you know, he kind of echoes what a lot of white athletes have, have said, were saying today, and probably will be saying, is is that they, you know, they they understand they cannot – Know exactly what it feels like to be a black person, and to understand that the pain that the black community is going through—not only, you know, with the, uh, the the killing of George Floyd in uh, in Minneapolis, but you know, years and years of uh, social and racial injustice—and Anders Lee says, you know, he can't understand that, and he's tried to figure out what he should say, but you know, basically. He's saying he's going to use his platform to speak out and he wants to be a part of the solution and that black lives matter and that racism is not right. And, um, you know, and then, of course, Condre Miller, as I mentioned, too, like Anders, is from Minnesota. In fact, if you look at the two towns uh, they grew up in, uh, Edina and uh, Hopkins, you know, very close in both suburbs of the twin cities. Um, so, you know, th- th- this, is right in their backyard, what's going on. And Andre Miller, of course, in April was on the zoom teleconference, basically an introductory zoom teleconference that got hacked and just some awful racial epitaphs were, were, were loaded up there. And, and he has not said anything about that until today. And of course he is also speaking out about the protests. So, uh, you know, Colin, what did you think of what Condre had to say
0: today? Yeah, you know, it's uh, I thought it was it was great. Um obviously we, we didn't get any reaction of him uh at the time that his incident uh happened, uh which we wrote about in April, early April. Should have been a great time for him. He had just signed his first pro contract and uh and it got, you know, just blown up by um some person who did uh you know, to to make some racist sort of epithets, as uh, you know, and we never heard from him then. He didn't he didn't have a response at the time. The, the, the team, the Rangers, had a, a statement, and the NHL had a statement. And, uh, and you know, I was working on talking to people about Keandre today. You know, when he came out with with his statement, and and I read it, and it's uh it's very touching. You know, he's a Keandre for uh, your listeners who are primarily island defense don't may not know him he's he's a biracial guy his father's black his mother's white um he was first round picked by the rangers in 2018 um he's got a lot of potential the rangers uh are expecting very very big things of him uh, and the fan base is is really excited about him as well. And so, for one person to hijack that call that day in April really was a was a bad bad thing to happen to a twenty year old kid. And so, I, I had been working on, you know, putting something together, and I really was thinking, well, you know, whenever Keandre comes to training camp, and you know, we you and I talked last week about the NHL's return to play, and we had some questions and stuff. Now it looks as though players who signed um, this spring or during the, the the COVID-19 pause wouldn't be eligible to come and join the team for the restart, but then would come um, for the, you know, for next ranking. So I really was thinking, you know, someday Keandre is going to be here and we're going to have to do, you know, a story on all this. And I, and I was trying to reach out to some people around the league uh, who might have interesting perspectives on, on, what he went through keandre did and of course keandre spoke up today and i and i again i just thought it was um uh, you know what he said was was really powerful and and um you know uh uplifting at the end too i mean because he closes it closes it with you know talking about how when he got drafted you know uh it was a moment where he um you know he didn't it was just a moment that was about him being a hockey player and not, right. not a black yeah. man. So, you know, that was kind of a positive uh, way to end it.
1: Right. Because what, you know, part of Kondre's statement today was him talking about, uh, and this is a quote, I struggled because I've never been fully accepted by either the black community or the white community. Miller talked about having been targeted because of his race in youth hockey and he does say it's time for action, time for change, and once and for all, it's time to let black people be judged based on who they are and not what we look like. And and then he, he leads into saying... Getting drafted that day in Dallas um, was the best, you know, one of the best days of his life because, as you mentioned, he was drafted as a hockey player. He wasn't a black person. He wasn't a white person. He was just a hockey player. And that's what he wanted to be. And unfortunately, right now, you know, it's almost like you you can't just be one or the other. You have to take a side and and speak up for your rights. And, you know, a a lot of white people are, are, like Anders Lee, are throwing their support. to to this movement because of the racial inequality they see. And Andrew's statement, or or at least part of it was, I will never fully understand because of the color of my skin, but I have an opportunity to make a difference. I stand for anti-racism. I stand for the rights of black people in America so we can all be equal. I stand alongside the black community through this difficult time. And in the future, I stand for the justice of George Floyd, and the countless others who have been killed by racism, Black Lives Matter. And again, you know, this really hits home, you know, for Anders Lee and for Condre because this happens in their backyard in, in their Minnesota. Backyard, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is just horrifying. And and of course now, you know, the the, the protests and, and not all of them, of course, are, are violent protests with with looting and all that. There have been many peaceful protests but the protests have spread across the country and there've been some in Canada uh there was some in you know in London and right. you know it, it, it's it's a global thing right now and and it's at the forefront and you know Chicago Blackhawks captain Jonathan Tays today uh on his Instagram account also came out with a very right. powerful statement very um powerful. W- uh, and, and part of it was A lot of people may claim these riots and acts of destruction are are a terrible response. I'll be the first to admit that as a white male, that was also my first reaction. But who am I to tell someone that their pain is not real? I'm not condoning or approving the looting but are we really going to sit here and say that peaceful protesting is the only answer? There has been plenty of time for that. And if that was the answer, we would have given it our full attention long ago. And I I thought that was really gutsy uh, for, for Jonathan pays to come out and say something like that. And um, you know, it it accompanied on his Instagram account. um, It was in response to a video of two black people in an, an impassioned argument uh, on this subject, um, you yeah. know, not a violent argument, but you could just see the emotion coming out of both of them as, as they argued both sides. And uh, you know, I, I, I just thought for Jonathan to say this, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a, a, an important an important statement that he made.
0: You know what? And, it, and it, it's it's again, and one of the things when I had been. You know, doing research on on what I hope to write about. You know, Keandre. You know, for next training camp, one of the people I spoke to or the, the first person I spoke to was was Kevin Weeks, who, uh, as you know, uh, you know he's the NHL Network commentator now, but uh, a former yeah. NHL goalie, and and he was, uh, you know, he played for for all three of our local teams, the Islanders, and then the Rangers, yep. and then the Devils. Um, and I've gotten to know Kevin pretty well over the years, and Kevin is a black man, uh, for those who may not know that. Um, but uh, one of the things that, you know, had troubled him more than anything with with the Miller incident when it happened in April was he didn't feel like there were enough white people, white NHLers, who, who made statements uh, in support of Keandre. You know, I mean, sure, in the league, said what it said and the Rangers said what they said and, and um, you know, maybe one or two of, of Keandre's Rangers teammates uh, or future teammates said some stuff in support of, of him. But I think Kevin was a little disappointed that maybe some other, you know, bigger name um, NHL players, uh, white guys, certainly, um, but bigger name players who, you know, maybe would have a bigger platform should have said something and and Kevin I think wishes you know wished at the time when he when we spoke that that you know some other guys would have said some stuff, and this is what's happening now, I mean, you know, for, for Anders Lee, and again, it's in his backyard, so I get yeah. that, um, but there are lots of other Minnesota players you know, I don't know if everybody said you know uh, players who are 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 from there. I don't know if everybody has said something, but, no, I mean, but it just no. seems like this one is this one's really kind of touched you know, touch people and people are really re- 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 responding and reacting to this one.
1: Yeah. You know, the the one that really grabbed me was uh, Derek Jeter um, today, you know, and, and when he was with the Yankees, you never heard boo from Derek Jeter. No. you know, it was cliche, this cliche that, and he just didn't let you in. Um, but today, he put out a statement, and I believe it was, on, uh, it was released by the team's Twitter account or his own personal Twitter account, but it was up on Twitter. And, and Jeter said, this is a narrative that has happened far too often with us as people of color. It is time for racial hatred to end and to be unquestionably recognized and responded to with severe punishment. It is encouraging to see people of all colors around the world speaking out and protesting another human tragedy that has too often been the death of a black person. No one should be excused from ha- acts of racial hatred. Please do not allow anyone to demonize those who are standing up against these acts. Now, a, a lot of people, you know, have said stuff, you know, uh, in support. But I, when Jeter says something this forceful, it, it's, you know, one, it. it, it It carries a lot of weight because of Jeter's status, you know, not only as an icon ball player, but now is a, uh, you know, an owner. So that, that one really stuck with me today as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it it just seems that this one, this one was tough. I mean, this, you know, unfortunately, you know, we've, it's not like, you know, George Floyd is the first black man to have been killed by, you know, by police. Um, it happened before, um, but this this one really seems to have touched something that you know maybe it was just time maybe it's the, the straw that broke the camel's back or whatever but this this one really seems to have have gotten a lot of people to react who maybe didn't react before who maybe felt like well you know and, and i think it you know if you're if you're a white person and you're thinking well you know why am i going to i'm not going to say anything because i you know i'm not um you know, I'm not black and, you know, it's not relevant to me or it doesn't matter, but it matters to people, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and, and so, you know, let's hope that, uh, that there can be some, some change. The other thing is, you know, regardless of police violence or brutality or, or, or whatever, um, you know, from a, when you look at it from a hockey perspective, you know, this is a game that, you know let's face it there's not a lot of uh players of color in in yeah. our in our league uh and in the game um in north america so uh you know and, and players of color have have really not flocked to the game and and part of it is because i think some of them haven't felt welcome um and yeah. I, I read today actually in, and he wrote it a couple of weeks ago uh the camalu uh first person story that he wrote in the in the players tribune about his experiences a is a black hockey player. And, you know, like Kim Alou, um, as you, as you know, is, is the, the player who, you know, sort of, you know, blew the whistle on Bill Peters, I guess. And you know, Yeah,
1: no, and, and it was um,
0: very important, you
1: know, I, I know it was 10 years later, but, you know, for him to come out and tell his story this year, I, I think that, that certainly started opening a lot of people's eyes, but, but, but you're correct. You know, there's, there's not an overwhelming amount of black players in, in this league. You know, you know, uh, going back, you know, I covered Sandy McCarthy. I covered Weaksy, um, Josh Hosang with with the Islanders. But the point is when you can, you know, uh, when you Donald Brashear, when you can
0: count, you know, when you can actually right.
1: name the right. black players you've covered yeah. There's not yeah. a lot of black players. There's the not. Area. I
0: mean, you know, the Rangers, the Rangers, I can tell you, did not have a black player on the roster for most of the year. Boo Harvey came up, you know, he was in Hartford and came up um, for for a few games. And, and, but that was it. He was the only, and he was certainly was the only one in training camp. Um, Keandre Miller will, will join, you know, uh, you know, the the, the group uh, at the next training camp and stuff like that. But there's not a lot. Uh, there's, there's just not a lot. And it's, it's, uh, it can be a lonely feeling, I think, for those those players of color in a room um, surrounded by, you know, all white players. Um, and so it's it's a it's it's a it's an experience that um, most of the guys I know who who are players of color, you know, they're not going to just be about that all the time. I mean, they'll they'll certainly be happy to talk to you about it if you ask them about it. But it's not yeah. they're not going in there and saying, you know, I'm black. Look at me. Um, because really, they just want to play hockey, you know, and yeah. uh, and and be like everybody else in that respect. So, I think this isn't, you know, well. Listen, we're always hoping that that the latest tragedy is going to be the turning point, right? So, right. Um, let's hope that, uh, that there is there is some change, at least a change in attitude, if if, if not a change in, in in legislation that comes out of this.
1: Well, let, let me ask you, let's personalize it. You talk about, you know, there's never a lot of black players in an NHL locker room. Uh, I, let's be honest. There are not a ton of black reporters, you know, no. covering the NHL. No. And, and you've, you've done this for a long time. You've been at this longer, much longer than I
0: have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's um, yeah. It's, it's, you know, like it's, you're in a room and you're, you know, you're the only person of color in that room. And it's, you know, it's, it's an experience that I'm, you know, I'm not unused to. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I, you know, in where I've grown up and where I've gone to school and where I've gone to college and stuff. I mean, I haven't been surrounded by people of color uh, a lot. You know, I'm surrounded by, you know, white people. And eventually you, you, you know, you get used to it. You, You stop looking at, you know, what color somebody is or, or, you know, because they're all whites, so it doesn't really matter. Um, so you just, you just focus on the job, you know, you focus on the, on the job at hand and, and, uh, and focus on, on what you have to do, you know, that day and that, and that moment. So it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 and, and, and you know whether it's me or or whoever else. I mean, ultimately, we're here to to do a job, as, as mm-hmm. the case may be, and and you just got to do the job, and and you know, and and not worry. It's like Keandre says. I mean, you want to you want to be recognized for being a hockey player, and and not for being a, a black hockey player, as the case may be. So you know, I mean, it's the the answer really to to all of it. You know, from from that standpoint, is you know to grow the game and increase diversity in the game, you know, get more, get more young players mm-hmm. of color, uh, black, brown, you know, Asian, whatever, playing at the youth level and, and develop some of them into, you know, eventually into professional players so that we can have a professional league, you know, that kind of is more representative of our population.
1: Which is why the grassroots work that Willie O. Reed does, with the NHL's diversity program is just outstanding. Obviously, the the NHL's first black player back with the uh, Bruins in '59, and Willie O'Ree, still very spry and active, and, and and endlessly working to promote the game in, in a positive way. And, and and anytime you're around Willie, you, you just feel good because he yeah. makes you feel that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, he doesn't pull punches, but you know, I mean, he's he's a positive guy, and he. And he and he keeps it positive and keeps it forward-looking as opposed to, you know, dwelling on, on what sort of, you know, bad things might be in the past. You know, he's looking forward and looking to how we can make the game better.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, so
0: you have that, but uh, like I mentioned at the top, it's
1: it's June now, and, yeah. you know, the, the NHL is hoping to go to Phase 2 uh early this month, you know uh, obviously not today or tomorrow, but they they are trying uh with uh, very soon to open up these team facilities to small group workouts we're, we're hoping to get that date soon uh hopefully I won't get the email right at the end of this brunt, you know this podcast <laughs> like we did last week <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we we're. We have Mark back in the shop listening, going, uh, is this one still good? Can we probably <laughs> put this one up? <laughs>
0: I sure wish. You know, I, I, I listened to that podcast, uh, you know, uh, earlier today and I was like, man, if we just wait one more day, we'd have so much <laughs> more information. Yeah. So much better, you know? But it
1: still just gives us stuff to talk about right now.
0: And, and like I say, uh.
1: You know the NHL is trying to go to the that phase two, which would be uh, you know small group workouts at the team facilities. Uh, uh, you're looking at no more than six players, no coaches. But we we also know now that you know the bigger picture is they're they're hoping for phase three, which is formal training camp, um, to to start. Uh, you, you've heard no earlier than July 10th, right. but I think the real target date might be July 14th. Um, and that would give you know the, the the players and coaches two to three weeks for a formal training camp, and, and then maybe get some games going in early August if if all goes you know uh, the way everyone hopes it will, and you know there's there's no uptick in the in the coronavirus, and, and people are able to stay healthy. Um, but th- that that's where we are. We're kind of waiting daily for that for that sign that that phase two is going to open, you know, at any moment. And, uh, you know, that, you know, I know a lot of people say just cancel the season and get ready for the next one. I, I've, I, I would like to see these playoffs played out if possible. Uh, I, I don't know how you feel on that.
0: I would like to see the playoffs. I'd like to see this 2014, um, you know, return to play setup. I'd like to see those best of five preliminary round, um, series and then, and, and, uh, you know, the round of 16 and, and, you know, I'd like to see the Stanley Cup be awarded this year. And it's, you know, I think it's a, maybe it's a human thing. You know, you want closure, you know, we were, yeah. we were sitting there and, and we were coming to the stretch run uh, for the, for the season to get in. And, you know, both of our teams were in, we're in a dog fight to get in and you know, it was just, you know, it was exciting. And, and, uh, and I, I, I'd like to see that, you know, I understand the people who say, Hey, just shut it down. You know, you're, you're, you've been shut down for, what is it now? It's March. So it's June now. So it's almost three right. months. Um, we've been shut down for three months. Just, just take the rest of the summer off and just get ready for next season. And I, I get that, but I do think if the opportunity is there to play, that I think uh, I'd like to see them play. I'm, I'm, I, Quite frankly, I'm getting a little antsy because you know they haven't announced any actual dates. I mean, other than training camp is not going to start prior to July 10th, they haven't still haven't given us a, a date to to start the small group training. I mean, uh, you know, we spoke uh, in the last podcast. We talked about you know New York State and New Jersey as well giving the green light to go ahead and open your your facilities for the small group training and 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 uh so that's been open and yet the NHL hasn't uh hasn't given the teams to go ahead to go ahead and start uh doing that. So that I'm getting a little antsy about it, you know. I want yeah. I want to see something happen.
1: To be honest, I'm I'm a little curious whether the national unrest that's going on right now yeah. uh, is, is delaying anything.
0: <laughs> Not a week ago, I mean, um because we weren't in this position a week ago, but now I can see where yeah. It definitely is. Maybe not the time right now to to do that. Maybe you want to give it a few more days. Uh, I guess I don't know. But uh, but I do think if you're gonna play, then let's go ahead and, and, and map out a schedule. Although, as we spoke about in the last pod, there there are still a lot of questions. I mean, for as many yeah. uh, as many uh, questions that may have been addressed in the protocol that's been announced, there are still lots and lots of questions that haven't been addressed and so maybe they're still working on that.
1: Well and 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 one big question here, and yes, there are a lot of questions, but you know, would the Islanders come back and play this qualifying series against the Panthers and you know, when the Rangers are playing their qualifying series against the Hurricanes, where are these games gonna be? You get the list of potential cities. Um I'm thinking, you know, Minneapolis was on that list. I'm, yeah, I'm Minneapolis, sort of, football, yeah. Yeah, I'm sort of thinking that Minneapolis St. Paul might be eliminated at this point. Yeah, um, yeah. to me, Las Vegas and Edmonton make sense. I, I don't know if it's a re- requisite that one of the cities is in a, you know, an eastern or central, Well, I guess, yeah, eastern or central time zone. I think Edmonton might be. I'm not sure because yeah, I'm bad with, in the mountain time zone, actually. which is the same as Las Vegas, if I'm correct. Right. Uh
0: Las Vegas I think is in the is in the Pacific time zone.
1: Oh um, in any
0: case they're both Western Conference cities. Yeah. So I mean that's yeah. if you're gonna do an Eastern Conference, Western Conference, I think that's the the bigger issue is yeah. you know, they're both Western conference cities and so would you would you have both? And then the other thing is that, you know, Edmonton might be an excellent spot, but it's it's Canada. And so, you know, you'd have to work through the whole, okay, all right, you finished your you know, you're, you're a group of 12 and you've played down to a, a champion of that group. And now they're going to play the champion of the Las Vegas group. But, you know, you know, if they're going to play in the U.S., there's a 14-day quarantine period. So do you want to wait 14 days to play the final? So I, I don't know. Until you can resolve that um, that sort of 14-day period, then, you know, get an exception for it maybe because everybody's getting tested every day or whatever then I, I I don't think you can have a Canadian team, can you? Unless the whole thing's in Canada. Well, Which I mean, Canadian
1: two team? things. I think because of the rate of exchange, wouldn't the NHL save some money being up in Canada, given all that's going on? I, I, what is it, the, the Canadian dollar is, what, 69, 70 cents to the U.S. dollar or however that exchange rate works. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I think I, I saw someplace that that might be a big factor in in wanting a Canadian city, oh, so
0: you I... do, <laughs> you do Vancouver and Toronto, and, and you do your twelve teams in in those places, and then you do the finals in, in Edmonton <laughs> as a neutral site.
1: Well, you know, well, it all I, I, so, Something's going to be in the U.S., I would think. And uh, to be fair, I, even if I, I, just me speaking, I, I don't see any way that they don't do the Stanley Cup Final in Las Vegas. I think that's totally going to be a Las Vegas event. But that's just me thinking out loud.
0: That's because you want to go to the buffet. Buffet. (laughs) We've talked about this. The buffet (laughs) is
1: dead to me now. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny. So my daughter turns to me today and she goes, Dad, I think you've lost weight during this pandemic being at home. And I immediately called the optometrist to see when we could get her in to get her glasses adjusted.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, if you lost weight during this whole time, this stay-at-home thing, you must be the only guy, because I know I oh, No one,
1: no, 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 no. I am clearly on the, uh, uh, I'm tipping the scale. Not only am I tipping the scales now, I may be breaking the scales. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. That's crazy. Oh. <laughs> uh, but uh, but anyway
0: so what what else do we have to what what else broke after our, our after we had to hang up the phone last week Well um, that we should but, talk about
1: Well they 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 have the we we know the format we we sort of know we don't have the dates we have a a general idea of when the dates are we know who who's playing who uh we don't know
0: who's playing
1: where um we still don't but, know
0: what, whether this the first and second rounds are going to be best of 5 or best of 7
1: uh, right. We we just know the qualifying round is right. a uh, best of five. Best of five. Um, yeah. You know, and, and we, we, we spoke about this. I mean, uh, you know, the best of five, you know, you can't have a bad game, um, no. which is why no one wants to play the Montreal Canadiens because no one wants to go up against Carey Price. Um, I would think in a playoff setting, you're going to want the best of seven. It's just a matter of, you know, the NHL wants to squeeze this all in within three months because the players, you know, one of the concessions is not, you know, to the players is not really, you know, stranding them away from home for three months, you know, three and a half months. So they're they're going to be back-to-back games in series. But, you know, once we get to the playoffs, I, I would like to see all four rounds be best of seven. You know, even if that means you know playing, you know, hey, in the old days, you know, you look at the uh, the dates of some of these series, and they were playing, you know, maybe four and five. You know, they played a lot of back to back here.
0: Yeah, you you could do that. You know, obviously there's no travel in between. Um, you know, so you you would think that, that that would lend itself to playing, maybe not four and five. I don't know if I want to say play four and five, but.
1: Yeah, but before, playing on
0: back-to-back nights anyway.
1: Playing four and seven, maybe, or you know, I four. Guess, and,
0: I don't know. I, I, yeah. don't know. I, I see, I, I disagree with you on that one. I mean, I I remember, you know, when they had best of three. I mean, didn't the yeah. didn't the Rangers in 1979, right? Uh, when the the Rangers now just played in the semifinals. I think the first round that year was best of three, and I think in 1980 was 1980 a best of three in the first round uh that's um, no 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 best of 5 because the best islanders five at that time
1: the islanders beat the kings in four games in the first okay. round yeah All right. so best of 3 is certainly not
0: you know no i wouldn't go for that but i, I kind of like the idea of a best of 5 i i i, I do i, I just yeah. think you know you cut off you know potentially two well certainly two games and and save yourself uh maybe up to 3 or 4 days um so I don't know. Maybe the maybe the round of sixteen is best of five, and then and then the you know the 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 round of eight would be best of seven. I don't know, but I I kind of like the idea of a best of five. It's different, you know. I mean, like yeah. I, I just I think you're in a you're in a. You know, my wife is a is a teacher, she, and and she's always saying, you know, the kids are all uh they're they're doing school from home, and you know my wife is always saying, listen, we 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 can't we can't forget that this is not normal. <laughs> He's, terrible, you, know, and, you know, this is this is a weird situation, so we're going to have to do things a little differently. We're going to have to accept the fact that things aren't going to be um, normal. And, and I think, uh, you know, to my way of thinking, I, I like the fact that, this, you know, yes, there's a lot of other things that are different, you know, all the teams would be in the same place, and, you know, neutral sites, hub sites, or whatever you want to call that. So all that stuff is abnormal. I would throw in a best of five as well for the first round. But that's uh,
1: you you mentioned the travel and i wanted to bring up something that uh Barry Trotz the Islanders coach talked about um he did a round of radio interviews on new york radio uh last late last week and i i think he was on FAN and um uh, i believe Joe Benengo asked him about you know the, the the physical benefits of not having to travel in the playoffs because right. I read you know Story. your story yeah yeah, yeah. and and, and and Barry agreed that physically, yeah, um, he's going, you know, teams are going to benefit by not traveling. But he said mentally being in one spot like that and not having change of scenery we, might be very mentally challenging yes. for a hockey team. Uh, and I, I, it, it will be the team that adjusts best, not necessarily the best team that will advance in these playoffs and these, you know, new normal playoffs, if, if you want. And, you know, he, he gave the example of, you know, one of the best things you can do in the playoffs when you lose a game is to just mentally cleanse your mind. And that means getting away from it because you have to stay sharp. So It's such a high level in, of intensity throughout the playoffs. Um, you know, the best thing is to just get away for a little bit, cleanse yourself, and then get refocused. And he said that might be very hard to do after a loss if all you do is go back to the same hotel that the other team's staying at,
0: your opponent,
1: (laughs) and you're seeing the guys that just beat you on the ice, you know, (laughs) dinner at the next table. You know, and, and, you know, that's why Barry's a good coach because he thinks about this stuff. And, you know, he's right. Uh, You know, I think one team could really get into another team's head, especially in the
0: short series,
1: if, You know, if they're all in close quarters like that.
0: Yes, I I think, you know, I I had, and I'll be honest, I had not thought about that until I read, you know, when he said that. I'm like, you know what, that makes total sense because how many times do you you, uh, look to a change in venue to maybe change the momentum? You know, you lose, you know, you lose the first two you know you go away for the first two games and then you know you hope to get a split on the road and now there's no home or road so it's you know yep. there's no okay let's let's see if we can get a split of the first two games here and you know and you and, and you don't get that split now you're down 2-0 um you know and you don't have that day off where you're going to travel and okay we're back home and now i'm getting to sleep in my own bed and you, know, you yep. don't have that um and then and then so the, the team, you know, the team that makes it to the – the team that wins the, the hub site uh, competition will have been there for how long? You know, yeah. in that same hotel and playing in that same rink and in that same practice rink. And, um, yeah, that that's going to be a real, real grind um, for, for these guys, a mental grind, but, you know, it's not a physical grind. So,
1: yeah, and then the NHL has also made it clear that, you know, Uh, Just using an example, Pittsburgh is one of the potential hub cities, I believe. You know, that doesn't necessarily mean the Penguins and the, by definition, the whole Eastern Conference is going to be in Pittsburgh. You know, they might not want one of the home teams in in that hub city. And, you know, and again, just using the Penguins as an example, if the Penguins, you know, if if the Eastern Conference 12-team sequestered spot, Hub City, is Pittsburgh. Right. It's not like the Penguins, the Penguins players get any special favors here. They're going to be locked down in the NHL, you know, hotel. Oh, They're not man. sleeping at home.
0: Either. No.
1: You know, no one's going to have a home team, uh, or, you know, home ice advantage as it were uh, through this, which I, I think is if you're going to do it like that, you, you, you have to, you, you can't let one team you know, go home through this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, you certainly couldn't do that. That's, that's true that these are all things that I didn't think of last week when we talked, you know, <laughs> but, but, you know, I think, you know, they're learning stuff from what, you know, what's happening in Germany right now with the, with the German league, uh, soccer league, you know, being back and, and watching those teams play in empty stadia you know, I, I one thing I have to say, like that that developed over the last week is that on the broadcast of those German games, they've pumped in crowd noise, uh-huh. which makes a huge difference in the in the viewing experience at home. And I and I would imagine that you know I can see that you know the NHL doing something similar. They're going to be playing these games in empty arenas. It, it's going to be weirder uh, in soccer. You know, of course the the field is is not as close to the stands as as they are as the rink is in a hockey rink uh so you know it it's gonna be impossible to not notice the the empty seats when you're watching the broadcast, but yeah. you know, I don't know if if pumping and crowd noise would have the same kind of effect as it does of the German soccer, but I can tell you that that you know the first week I watched the German soccer, and there was no crowd noise, and you could hear guys on the bench you know yelling yeah. instructions and stuff it was really super weird. And then, you know, last weekend, you know, they had these broadcasts where they, you know, they had some crowd noise that was pumped into the broadcast and it actually, you know, you forgot, you know, I forgot that I was watching a game in an empty stadium and I was just watching the game and it made such a huge difference. So, I, you know, so there's things that, that, the, you know, the NHL and the NBA when they return probably will be able to learn from you know, from watching what Germany did and watching what they did in, in Taiwan in baseball.
1: And, and Gary Bettman has said that there will be production to these events. It, it's not like you say, it's not going to be, you know, watching a game in an empty rink. The, the TV broadcast will have some production value there. So... uh you know, it would be weird hearing, you know, the players just, you know, I mean, first of all, they would have to have the bleep button going, you know, constantly, <laughs> which which would be funny enough in itself.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, that's the thing. Like, you know, I'm watching German soccer and I have no idea. I don't know any German curse words. So, like, you know, the <laughs> guys could be cursed up the storm. I wouldn't know. But, yeah, I would, I would, uh, I would know the English curse words if, uh, if that were the case. <laughs> well...
1: We're going to uh, move on to the last section here of this episode. We're going to do uh, some Andrew's answers, but this time we're going to have Colin chiming in as well. It's time for your questions with Andrew's answers. And the first one we got is from Kenny. What can we expect from the best fourth line in hockey? And that would be, of course... Casey is coming back healthy, Cal Clutterbuck uh, being at full health, and Matty Martin. Um and again, this is something the Islanders did not have much of this season. That that, that trio, that you know, identity setting trio that that Barry Trotz relies on so much was only together for nineteen of the Islanders sixty eight games. So you know, yeah, uh what can we expect from the best fourth line in hockey, um, if all healthy, just kind of puts everything in place better. You know, Casey sizikas is, is an engine for that team, a spark plug, in terms of, you know, setting the tone in each game. And, uh, you know, uh, penalty killer, him and Cal together, and uh, four-checking, it's not... You know, Barry doesn't necessarily use them as a fourth line because it's, you know, it's an equal rotation or an equal rolling of the lines, um, you know, as much as possible. You know, certainly Barzell's top line is probably around, you know, the 16, 17 minute mark, and maybe Casey's line is at the 12, 13 minute mark. But still, you know, compared to some other teams, that's not as big a difference. Um, you know, the fourth line really is, you know, used at start of periods to set identities. And uh, the only thing the Islanders can hope is that these three can stay healthy together because it's something that they were not able
0: to show they could do really this season. The reason you can use them is because you can trust them defensively, right? I mean, you can throw them out yeah. there against, I mean, if, you know, uh, you can throw them out there against the big lock, um, you know, most, most, teams nowadays and, you know, in, in, and, and nowadays hockey, you know, you, you throw your first line out against the other team's first line and your second line against their second line um, and your fourth line against their fourth line. So, you know, when, when you have a fourth line that's going to be playing, you know, twice as much as the other team's fourth line, obviously that they're going to match up against some of the other lines It changes the matchups and you know, you're, you're basically doing something that the other coach, you know, would rather not do. I mean, you know, and your fourth line can go up against their first line, and you know, maybe they say, well, we can take advantage of that. But they really can't because the island's fourth line is so strong defensively um, that you know that that you're not going to have uh, the drop off there, and then you just kind of save um, save the legs on on the first line, so that they're a little bit fresher because they're playing less less ice time. So it's a it is an advantage, I think, if if you use it smartly, which obviously Barry Trotz will do. Yeah, and
1: and Barry Trutz, uh, you know, he said in April, you know, that when this comes back, if it comes back, the teams that can roll the four lines are are, are going to have a distinct advantage over you know some of the top heavy teams. Um, well, you got to.
0: And too, with uh, with you know whatever the schedule is going to be, you got to think the games are going to be not spaced out every other day. There's going to be some back to back games, and yeah. you know, not to mention guys haven't skated for a long time. Guys will not be in mid-season form when this starts so um you know maybe guys won't be able to to handle huge minutes and so if you have a fourth line that you know that can that can take some of those minutes and you'll have an advantage
1: yeah and the islanders do have some forward depth you know uh, amongst bottom six forwards um so if they have those back to back, you know, you're probably gonna be able to slip a guy like Tommy Kuhnhackel in or Ross Johnson's gonna, you know, probably not be amongst the, the top twelve to start out. So you you're gonna be able to throw some fresh legs out, you know, uh with a little bit of forward depth. And and that's one of the things that having a healthy Suzikis and a healthy uh Cal Clutterbuck will give you. Doc Ed slipped in two questions and I'm going to uh you know, turn to the judges and the judges say they're going to allow this. But uh, I think they're both relevant, good questions. So we'll go through them. Uh, The first one is, um, of all the proposed changes for the 2014 playoffs, one of the strangest is the ability to have unlimited goalies. Why is the NHL suddenly worried about the number of goalies at playoff time? This hasn't been a concern in the past that I know of, and they don't allow unlimited Ds or forwards. And, you know, basically what it looks like, and again, not all the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed, but what it looks like is that the rosters are going to be set at 28 um, because, you know, in these, in these normal times, uh, the traveling party of a team can only be 50 players uh, going you know, into 50, a upset. 50 people. 50 personnel, correct. Right. Yeah, I'm sorry. 50 personnel. That includes
0: coaches, that includes strength coaches, that uh, includes right. managers, et cetera.
1: Right. So it looks like it's going to be 28 skaters, but unlimited goalies. And, and Doc Ed is saying why. It's unlikely that the the Islanders are going to go past, you know, uh, Varlamov or uh, Grice but I mean in the Rangers case you you, you got three goalies who you're definitely going to take and uh, you know the Islanders certainly will have Christopher Gibson there uh, on emergency and uh, you know they, they might bring another goalie and uh, we'll get into this but uh, I, I think the Islanders are still holding out some hope that they can have Ilya Sorokin on the roster so uh, Colin any cool. thoughts? Yeah <laughs> That
0: would be and, cool and, and,
1: any thoughts on your part on why, uh, you know, they're they're allowing unlimited
0: goalies? Well, yeah, you, of course, because in a playoff, let's say you pick one goalie. I mean, that guy's probably not going to practice on the practice days in between. So the, the guys who do have to practice, we're going to need a goalie to shoot at, right? So, you know, you're going to at least need three, not, not to mention the fact that if somebody gets injured, you want to have a replacement there somebody gets the virus you want to have a replacement there yeah. um goalies are you know it's not like the rangers had Brendan Smith right who was a defenseman you know for 99% of his career and and they they played him at at left wing uh for most of the season until until the trade deadline so but you can't do that with a goalie i mean if if you bring two goalies and they both get hurt or even if only one of them gets hurt Um, you know, then then you're in a bind. So, I mean, you're going to bring three at a minimum. And, you know, by saying you want to bring unlimited, I mean, you know, you're not going to bring eight goalies. I mean, you're going to bring three, maybe a fourth guy. Um, Mm -hmm. But it it gives you protection in the event that somebody gets hurt or somebody catches the virus. uh, And also gives you some guys that are there um, for practice, for, you know, for guys who maybe want to get some shots in when when the starter is, is resting and, and not taking shots that day.
1: Doc Ed's second question, and that was a, a very good answer on Colin's part. I appreciate that. Um, Doc Ed's second question um, pertains to the start of uh, Colin and I's discussion on this episode, which is, do you see the NHL making any tangible changes to encourage or even mandate Hiring of people of color, which I believe is what POC stands for, uh, people of color into coaching managerial positions, and uh, obviously, you know, the NFL with the Rooney Rule as far as who, you know, who, who you have to include in a coaching interview, and you know, I was thinking about this, and and to be honest with you, I, I don't see the NHL making any any changes. Uh, for that, but what I do see the NHL possibly doing, and Barry Trotz has talked about, uh, not necessarily for, for for people of color, but I, I think the NHL is going to encourage uh, teams to be hiring more women into into coaching or managerial positions, and I think there will be some kind of you know impetus to get you know more women into those positions.
0: Yeah, I you know what? I hadn't thought of that, but uh, but it, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, the thing is, you, I don't think you can mandate. You can have. I don't. I don't know if you can have a Rooney Rule for the NHL. There's just not a lot of, you know, players of color or 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 people of color, former players, who are out there, you know, trying yeah. to be coaches. You know, I mean, like in the in the NFL, you can do it. You got sixty percent of the player population is 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 black. You know, so uh, so there's a lot of um, former black players who might want to get into coaching Um, or not former black players, uh, black guys who are former players. Let's let's uh, clear that up. But um, so, you know, you have a lot more coaching candidates or potential coaching candidates. And so there's no real reason why, you know, you wouldn't like include. Um, some minorities when you're doing coaching searches and when you're putting together coaching staffs and so on and so forth. But in the NHL, I just don't know that you have that many ex players who happen to be uh, of color uh, where you can mandate, Oh, well you must interview a guy and certainly not for head coaching. There's only 31 jobs, but how many players of color after they're done playing go into coaching? I don't, I don't know of, of many, if any. Well, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Weeksy, Obviously, he went into broadcasting. I always thought Weeksy
1: would be a really good goalie coach uh, for for sure. And the Islanders, you know, uh, before Lou Lamarillo and uh, Barry Trotz took over, Freddie Brathwaite uh, was, was the Islanders' goalie coach, you know, as a person of color. But, uh, no, I agree with Colin that until the – you know, the talent pool, as it were, grows bigger. I don't think you can you can mandate it. Um,
0: no, I don't think so. But the, the woman thing, though, the, you know, looking to hire more women, I think that's that's got some merit to it. I mean, that's kind of an interesting thought. I mean, you got a lot of women who are playing hockey and, and playing yeah. at, ho- at very high levels, and why wouldn't they be able to coach?
1: And, and Barry Trotz, uh, I remember uh, this being a discussion uh, either at a practice scrum or a post practice scrum or a morning skate scrum but you know Barry was just good about talking about hockey topics and and he he was adamant about his belief that you're going to see a woman coach in this uh, a woman coaching in this league you know much sooner rather than later and and I I think there is a big talent pool in terms of talented women hockey coaches and and women talent evaluators and and and, and women who could fill management positions in the nhl and i i think that's going to be the breakthrough in terms of how you know you're going to get more diversity in, into coaching and management in trots we trust and this will be a quick uh answer in trots we trust says still no replacement for travis williams and that would you know Basically, the Islanders are still looking for a president of business operations Uh, since Travis Williams, uh, I think he was with the team for about nine months, came from the Penguins and now is running the Pittsburgh Pirates. There have been no announcements, no whispers, no nothing. Um, I asked Lou about this, I believe, early last month. He said, you know, he expected once things opened up again a little bit that for there to be some movement on that um but as of right now nothing new um obviously construction at belmont having restarted you know i think the islanders are going to want someone in place to to kind of oversee that don't have anything for you on that and uh same sort of answer for kane who asks when are we going to sign Sorokin?" and (laughs) and i think we can have a little bit of a discussion here um the NHL and, you know, a little bit of a change. And, and I asked Bill Daly about this on the uh, Zoom media teleconference uh, at the beginning of last week about, you know, whether player contracts being signed would be allowed for 2019-20 or whether any player contract, you know, or and Bill Daly's response was that the league's preference, and again, this is something that's going to have to be ultimately agreed to with the NHLPA. And I think we know where the NHLPA's uh, stance is on this. Um, But for right now, the league does not want new player contracts to take effect for this season. They want all new player contracts to take effect for next season. And that obviously is a little bit of a difference because in the past you could sign kids out of college you know, uh, when they were eligible and and put them right into the playoffs. You know, Kale McCarr, Chris Kreider come to mind. And, uh, you know, and and certainly Islander fans are, you know, getting to the question. Ilya Sorokin, his KHL contract expired on April 30th. And, you know, I think a lot of Islander fans, um, you know, who've been waiting for this guy (laughs) for a long time, he's going to turn 25 on August 3rd you know, are hoping that if Sorokin can sign an entry-level deal for 2019-20, he can be eligible to be put on this playoff roster as one of these unlimited goalies, whereas the league's preference is to not make Sorokin eligible into next season. And and I do think there's going to be a little bit of a battle here. Um, You know, I don't think this is the... uh, the mountain that you know any agreement to restart play you know breaks up over
0: yeah, well, I think what the n h l is thinking is that they don't want Sorokin burning his first year, let's say signs a two year deal yeah and and have uh twenty nineteen twenty be the first year of that deal so that he becomes an unrestricted free agent, you know after you know one legit season, you know whatever whatever you get out of him for this you know, the remainder of 2019-20, let's say, you know, the Islanders go and and they play a a five-game series, you know, uh, you know, maybe he's the number one goalie, maybe maybe he plays, but, you know, even if you play the whole, even if you get to the Stanley Cup Finals, I mean, how many games would that be, you know? Um, And you'd be burning, you know, an entire 2019-20 contract, um, burning that one that first year, on that contract. And then, and he's one year closer to being a, an unrestricted free agent. And I think, so that's, that, that would be an issue, but as someone else pointed, I read it somewhere. Um, what if then he decides, well, if I can't sign, I can't come to, you know, the Islanders until December, you know, he's going to have a KHL season. That's going to be starting up in September. Maybe he wants to, to play, you know, so maybe yeah. he, he resigns in the KHL and that would be the worry I think uh, if you're an Islander fan, know, if this this guy clearly wants to come. But, you know, if he can't play until December.
1: And I think certainly this is the holdup. You know, I I think uh, I, maybe not the expectation, but the hope was on May 1st that the Islanders and can get a deal done the first day it was eligible. I, I certainly think the delay here is both sides sorting away to see how this plays out. And whether you know Sorokin can be eligible this season because it will no doubt change what kind of contract or length of contract he'll sign. You know whether he's eligible this season or next. So uh, you know, uh, kind of a uh, to be determined here. But yeah, we're, we're I can't give you a date on when Sorokin is going to be signed uh, because, uh, like I said, I think. The NHL and the NHLPA still have some uh, issues to work out there. And then we're going to get through uh, one last question here, kind of a hypothetical. We'll finish on this from Melissa. If you can construct one New York team using only current players on the Islanders and Rangers roster, who makes the team? And for this exercise, we don't have a salary cap. So... (laughs) So, <laughs> right. uh, how, do you, how do you want to do this? I mean, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, amongst forwards, I mean, you know, Matthew Barzell is on the team for sure. And uh, let's Benijad see.
0: and uh, Panarin would certainly be on that team. Yeah, um, and, and, and
1: I'm taking, uh, uh, well, I'm taking Anders Lee and uh, Brock Nelson for sure.
0: I would take Matt Martin too, to be honest with you. I don't think yeah. the Rangers have a guy like that.
1: Well, I mean, um, I'm taking Casey Cizikas for sure.
0: You know. Yeah, I mean, you know that 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 fourth line is something we talked about. Like, uh, yeah, and actually,
1: that? yeah, no, throw them all in. I I got Cal yeah. Clutterbuck on my team, absolutely, and uh, and you know what, I, I got uh, I got JG Peugeot as well.
0: Really, you're gonna take JG Peugeot? I'm gonna like take Andy I'm Pat taking Pat JG
1: Peugeot. Yeah, uh, I, um, I I like where he is. I mean. So if you got Panarin and you got Zabanejad, you got Kreider, I'm assuming.
0: Yeah, I'll take Kreider. I want I want Butchnevich too, and I and I and I want, you know, crazy as it sounds, I want Ryan Strom. Um, <laughs> yeah, <you know. laughs> I, I, I don't know I don't if, if, the, that. <laughs> if your if your Islander fan listeners are are, are gonna are gonna love hearing that, but no, I want him because he he plays well with Panarin. So, uh, mm. and any he, and he's a guy that for the Rangers has has. Filled many roles. He's been, you know, a second line guy. He's been a third line guy. He's been a winger. He's been a center. So, you, you need to have a guy who can move around the lineup like that. So, I, w- I would want him. And then, you know, uh, I, I want, uh, you know, I, I want the the Russian goalie. You know, I I, I want Justarkin.
1: Oh, I, I'm not done with the forwards yet. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go through this systematically. Don't <laughs> don't confuse
0: ah. me. Well, how many forwards have you got so far, then? You know, I, I think I want Baudillier on that team
1: because he's he's turned into, you know, a really good two-way player. Um, you know, and I got Josh Bailey, too. Uh, I would take Jas- really? Josh Bailey. Really?
0: You're taking a whole team. Well, no. Did <laughs> yeah, I mention I'm taking Brock Nelson, too? <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that. You did mention that. So that's a lot of guys. I mean, count them up. You got Nelson, you got uh, Lee, you got Barzell, you got the fourth line, you got so that's six, and then you got Pajot and you, and you now you're taking Bailey and All right. you're well, taking like nine guys.
1: Well you got what are you have got Buchnevich, you got Strom, you've got Kreitz, you've got uh Zvanijad, you've got Panarin. So you've got five.
0: That's five.
1: Right. You want a six?
0: Um, you know, for, for playoff purposes, I want a Lemieux. All right. So you got your six, right? So I'll anyway, take
1: I'll give you eight. Okay. And no, we'll have, that's
0: fine. I'm, I'm done. I'll, no, no, I'll, I'll no, no, no.
1: We'll, we'll, do, we'll do 14 forwards. You got your six. I'll take eight. Okay?
0: Okay. That's fine. I got, so you, got, I, you got eight. I got six. That's 14. That's perfect. That's good.
1: Okay. I got Barzell. I'll yeah. take Anders. And I'll take Jordan. I'll take Brock.
0: That's four.
1: And I got the, uh, the fourth got line. got
0: on the fourth line.
1: That's the eight. The fourth line, that takes me to seven.
0: And Patzio, That you takes six, me to eight. Yeah. 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 All right. And so that, you get eight. Means, I get six.
1: That that means I'm not taking Bo and I'm not taking uh, Bailey, and I'm not feeling good about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. how, how
1: many defensemen are we doing? We are doing eight oh defensemen? Yeah, let's do
0: eight defensemen.
1: Yeah. So, all right. Uh,
0: all right. I, I'll I'll go first here. I, yeah. I want uh, I want all the Rangers righties. So that is Truba and Fox and Tony D'Angelo.
1: So so you're giving me five?
0: Well let's see who your five are. Well I got I got Letty, Mayfield, Kellogg, Pulak, and Tays. You got
1: three three lefties and two righties.
0: All right. Well I I'll I'll stand with my three with my three. I'll let you have those five. And yeah. We're gonna and, have unbalanced defense. We're gonna have five righties and three lefties.
1: And I and I'm apologizing to Johnny Boychuk. Uh, right now, because
0: uh, <laughs> I'm
1: sorry, dude. Uh, let's see. How many goalies do you want to take? Do you want to do three
0: goalies? We've got to do three goalies.
1: Because why not? Um, so I, I'm assuming Shosturkin is I your number one. I must have
0: Shosturkin, yes. I must have Shosturkin.
1: Are we assuming for this exercise that Sorokin is on team or not on team?
0: I say no.
1: Okay, so we're
0: assuming no. Oh, give me Varlamov, and I'll take Lundquist. You gotta give All me right. that guy's been in the league fifteen years. All right. All right. So there we go. That's our team, and then.
1: And and clearly Barry Trotz is coaching the team. Right? I, I
0: would say yes. I would say Barry Trotz. I would I would I would defer to Barry Trotz. Yes, man's Okay.
1: Wonderful. All right. All right. Which uh, uh, who are the assistants then? You got David Quinn and Lane Lambert, right? Sure. Yeah, and
0: and and I'll take uh, Benny Alaire as the goalie coach.
1: Ooh, that's a and, and that's a tough one because I got, <laughs> I got two really good guys. I mean, I got Mitch Corn, who's also an NHL legendary goalie coach. That's a tough one. That oh. that might be the hardest call of all. Which goalie coach you take, Mitch yeah. or Benny Alaire? All
0: right, Boy. well we'll we'll pass. We'll, we'll we'll skip that one. Yeah, we'll defer on that one. <laughs> All right. You got team, right, You got uh, you got two goalies, you got uh you got three goalies, you got eight defensemen, you got fourteen forwards. That's a team, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Could do yeah. some damage.
0: You got a little toughness, you got a little speed, you got some creativity.
1: Yep, and now and now there's fodder for anyone who's gotten through all the way to the end of this podcast to tweet at us about what awful general managers we are.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my
1: friend, that is Pretty much as far as we're going to go tonight, I appreciate you uh, hopping on Uh, again. We went long, but it's
0: good. It's
1: always great talking to you, and uh, you know, as I say, uh, you know, I hope you and your family are well and surviving these turbulent times, and uh, you know, hopefully, we'll chat again next week.
0: Yes, let's do it. All right. right. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, you know, let's go hockey. Let's uh, let's get started up. All right, that
1: is it for episode 33 of Island Ice. Uh, I'm your host, Andrew Gross. You can find me on Twitter at agrossnewsday. I was joined today by my uh, good friend, Colin Stevenson, Colin S. Newsday. You can find the Island Ice podcast uh, wherever fine podcasts can be found. Uh, You know, we would like you to go to the Newsday website, newsday.com backslash Sports. Um, All the stories that both I and Colin write are 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 on our respective team pages, and uh, all the Island Ice podcasts can be found there. And until uh, the next episode, be well and be safe, everybody. Thank you so much.